We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. We're back. Uh, it's, uh, God, what day is it? Thursday morning, uh, the 16th, and uh, it's time for a little episode of uh, Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined once again by Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? How was your uh, vacation? We're just... So I'm doing well, and that you kind of froze so up a little bit on me just now, so I will. Uh, I'll take this. There we go. Um, good. I'm. I'm actually really impressed that you're here. Uh, you know, considering yesterday it was three thirty in the morning your time. Um, coming out from Hawaii for me, I was actually an hour ahead. I was in the Dominican Republic first time I'd been been out there, and it was wonderful. Seventy two to eighty two. You go outside, you see the the weather. You're expecting to get hit with that blast of heat. Said you open the door, you're like, oh yeah, this is nice. So I actually relax. I don't do relaxed. I relax. We went, did two big dive trips all day, you know, seven to seven, exhausting. And then three days of just reading and sitting by the pool and chilling. It was, I didn't realize how bad I needed it until I actually did it. <laughs> so it was good. And uh, Hawaii's paradise, isn't it? Yeah, big island for a whole week, three days on the Hilo side, three days on the Kona side, did Volcanoes National Park. Did a couple black sand beaches, bio reserve, farmers markets, uh, scuba or excuse me, snorkeling, whale watching. We saw a hammerhead shark. That was really cool. Saw Very some, cool. Uh, yeah, saw some uh, obviously sea turtles. A lot of humpback whales. It's migration season out there. Did the diving, uh, snorkeled down and saw some reef sharks. Uh, manta ray. I did a night dive with manta rays. Also, that was absolutely incredible. They kind of do this like really slow like barrel roll thing under the lights that they have you hold on there. So I was yeah. like inches from my face uh, to some, one of them was like a 12 foot wingspan manta ray. So it was amazing. Um, really needed. Hadn't done like a vacation like that with my wife since 2019, 2018, something like that. So I was thinking, <laughs> my friend asked me, when was the last time it was just you and your wife? I was like 2014 Yeah, for me. It'd been a while. So uh, yeah, it was, it was good to get away. Good to be back though. Refresh, yeah. feel good. So hope everybody's feeling good. We got lots to talk about because we've been gone a week. Got some Super Bowl. We got some Rob Bucksbaum coming in. He says, good morning, Nick and Scott. You were the best MHH team. Appreciate that. Uh, and if missed your pod, Fox on Sexy Rexy and Vance Joseph for defensive coordinator. Oof. Uh, so Rex Ryan, I think he hasn't called defensive plays since 2008, which makes me concerned. Obviously, he was a head coach uh, for a while there, but he gave up. I believe he gave up play calling responsibilities uh, for a lot of that. So. That does make me a tad concerned about him, considering how much the game has evolved um, with how what defenses are doing over the last three to five years, let alone, you know, nearly uh, 15 years, something like that, right? 2008. So uh, that concerns me a bit. Now, granted, he hasn't just been sitting there doing nothing this whole time. He's been, I'm sure, studying the game and everything still, but mm -hmm. don't know what that looks like for him. So that's a pretty big uh, leap for him. Obviously, he was a really good defensive coordinator and defensive mind for his time with the Jets. Didn't work so out with the Bells and then coming as the defensive coordinator from the uh, the Ravens uh, prior to that. So, again, I, it's hard to really say. And I believe for the defensive side of the ball, I think scheme matters more for the offense. For defense, it's more about do you have the horses or not. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and the Broncos, I think, do have, for the most part, a good good set of horses. Not complete, No pun but, intended. No pun yeah. intended. I, um, I worry about the media circus a little bit with yeah. Rex Ryan, but knowing if it was a, we talked all year last year, it would have been nice to have a, a veteran defensive coordinator for this, you know, first year coach. Rex Ryan wouldn't have been my pick for a first year coach. That's for sure. But Sean Payton can handle it. You know, Sean Payton mm -hmm. is, 
arrogant in a good way. I mean that, you know, as a positive, he's self-assured. He can handle the ego part of the defensive coordinator might be getting more of the spotlight. I don't know that Sean really cares, honestly. You know, Rex Ryan was a soundbite waiting to happen. That stuff would concern me more if you had a first-time head coach. Doesn't concern me as much with, with Sean Payton. And basically, he had top 10 defenses for his entire career until he got to the last years with the Bills. I think there was one that he didn't in, in a 10-year span, and it was 11th. Um, whether he was the defensive coordinator or whether he was the head coach, his, his defenses were top 10. Vance Joseph, you'll have to help me out on that one. I just can look at his wiki page and say, okay, he was a one-year defensive coordinator before he was a head coach. Didn't work out so well. The numbers haven't been great since he's been gone. Yeah, these... I don't think Arizona has the best talent on defense. I think is the biggest issue. Like they really, and it's at the premium positions too. Like they don't have cornerback talent and they don't have defensive line talent. Well, if you're weak there in those two areas in the today's NFL, (laughs) you're going to suck. Other Um, than that. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, they paid Chandler Jones a huge contract. He has been probably, if it wasn't for the Russell Wilson deal and how bad that has looked uh, this past year, We'd be talking a lot about how terrible the Chandler Jones contract is for the Raiders. Um, and they lost him. They have didn't replace him out there in Arizona. They brought in JJ Watt. He missed a lot of time. Their cornerbacks are terrible as well. So that's a team that needs a lot of help as far as the the stats for that team. The Cardinals underneath Vance Joseph, 2019 he was their first year as defensive coordinator. They finished 29th in EPA per play and 20th in D, uh, football outsiders DVOA. But then he really did turn them around. Uh, 2020, they turned jumped up to 14th in EPA per play and 10th in DVOA, so that's a pretty significant jump. And then 2021, better again, uh, 6th in EPA per play and 6th in DVOA. So pretty good uh, turnaround there underneath that uh, Vance Joseph Cardinals defense. 2022, though, not great. They had some injuries. Defensive line and cornerback was even worse for them. They they just don't have uh, bodies at those spots. But they finished a 20th in EPA per play and 24th in DVOA. So pretty bad year this last year. But Yeah, in, I, in 2022, you're right. I mean, he was yeah. 11th, you know, 13th and 12th. That's okay. Um, as a defensive coordinator, again, the big turnaround there was in 2019. They were 32nd yeah. in yards and go to 13th. They go from yeah. 28th in points to 12th and then 11th and 11th. Solid. You're right. I, I kind of glanced through that and was like, eh. And then maybe I, I focused on last year where they were 31st in the NFL in points allowed. Um, so he did have some, some success, relatively speaking, for sure. In Arizona. Uh, good call on that. Good call from Michael Rankio saying good morning, Nick and Scott. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Good morning, Michael. Good, <clears throat> good to see you again. He says, go Broncos and buck them. I guess that's the new uh, the new catchphrase for the year. And uh, Gary coming in. Good to hear from you, Gary. Fe- Gary, it feels like we've been gone for a month to me. It really yeah. does. It's been a week. But yeah. again, it was needed and it felt like I was gone a month, which is a good thing. Uh, he says, yeah. I'm feeling great. Well, good. He says, got my BFB crew back. Love you guys. Missed you. We missed you too. We missed everybody here. Like I said, it was, it was a, I didn't realize how bad I needed it until I actually, I don't relax. I, I don't relax. My idea of vacation is usually exhaustion. You know, go skiing until you can't move, scuba dive all day, do those kind of things. But I actually chilled. Just, I probably read six books down there, Nick. Wow. Um, I'll go through, I'll a, I'll go through right. a book a day, you know, 300, 400 pages, six hours of reading, cruise through it. Um, and it was it was nice. I feel like my mind's sharp again. The reading reading sharpens me up. And Gary's always keeping us on our toes. Um, appreciate it for sure. Appreciate you, Gary. Hopefully, Streamyard is doing okay for me. It's good. getting a little glitchy uh, for me today. I don't. I restarted the computer before we came on, so that's okay. I'm not totally sharp yet. Um, on our flight back, we left Hawaii at like ten o'clock or eleven o'clock, and uh, in the seat directly in front of me, I had a nine month old that was screaming bloody murder for three of those five and a half hours. Um, I'm not kidding. Screaming, not, not crying. I believe you screaming. It's (laughs) tough. And I I realize. let me help you out with this, Nick, and maybe it'll help. You are the reason it used to drive me crazy. I've got hearing like you wouldn't believe. Um, and your, your body is biologically hardwired to react to that sound because when you have a child and you hear it across, you know, the house, it's boom, I'm awake. What's up? What's up? What do I do? So that's why it's like that. But when you have your own child and you get on one of those flights, your reaction is very different. It's, oh, thank God that's not my child. 
<laughs> you know, let me put on some headphones. Oh, I understand. I'm just going to put on some headphones and, and take a nap. We, I, I get it. Ah, <laughs> so <laughs> I promise you, it didn't bother anybody more than it bothered me because my hearing's so good and I'm wired anyway. It changes. If you think yeah. of it, as you get less, <laughs> it, it gets better because you're like, your reaction is, and thank God that's not my child. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> uh, well, not a lot of sleep, but uh, we, uh, we're we catching up a little bit, hopefully slowly and surely. Mike Gibbons in here. Aloha, Nick. Scott uh, at Broncos Country. Happy to have you back. Good to see you. Dave Glassman in the house. Glad to have you back. Jetty Splash saying good vibes. Good morning. Absolutely good vibes. We got Diamond Rattler um, saying boom, let's go. Good to see you. Swink McLeod. Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much, Swink. We appreciate that. Kevin Gray saying, morning, uh, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Happy to have you back. Steve Kennedy. Hey, I know that name. Saying, morning, welcome back. Good to see you, Steve. Hope you're doing well. Keith in the house saying, nothing better than some OG Broncos for breakfast. Good to see you both. Aki <laughs> Dragon saying, Jim Irsay is very photogenic. He's a... Uh, He's an interesting person. Aki must have seen that that one I put up on my YouTube Shorts channel when he. I don't know if he wanted Jeff Saturday and was basically talked out of it or not. But if you go to you know YouTube.com/slash Scott Kennedy, that's my channel. I put it in a Shorts, and it says I, I titled it like Jim Irsay. Uh, thanks. Um. Uh. Jeff Saturday. Um. Uh, he I, in a fifty second clip. I bet he said uh or um fifty times. It was so uncomfortable. You know, finally, it's like, all right, shut up. And then Chris Ballard started talking. The general manager's like, thank you. And yeah. then Shane Steichen's a, a wreck. I mean, he he's practically bawling up there. It was, uh, and then once they started talking football, he turned into the freaking Terminator, just flipped a switch. I'm like, all right. But it was, uh, it was, it was Jim say just, man, relax and stay off camera, dude. <laughs> smile and nod, smile and nod. Jake Gerard, hey guys, it's weird that I can't wait for a change special teams this year. Hopefully a new kicker and punter. I think odds are pretty good. We'll see a new punter. I'm not sure yet about kicker just because it's hard to find kickers out there. And I think part, and I'm critical, uh, Brandon McManus, uh, but it's, you see how sometimes there's some horror stories with the kickers going on out there. And I think it's, this year was not fully McManus's fault. I think a lot of it was also um, from talking with people who are much more uh, specialized in special teams. Uh, the holder was an issue as well. So the way the contract set up, I think you will see a new punter maybe a new kicker um but definitely i would i'd be shocked if we didn't have a new punter yeah it, it's cheap to move on from and you can save some money you know it depends on where you think you are you know it's it's kind of like a bad team having a good closer you know that's a, a luxury you really can't afford you know and and i think that Sean Payton will believe that they can come in and make a playoff run right away i i really mm -hmm. do you know um whether it works out that way or not. So, hey, we can afford to keep this kicker one more year if, if we think he's on the plus side of things. It's not on the grand scheme of things. It's not overly expensive. Otherwise, you can you can save a little money and uh, and, and go get another kicker. Kickers aren't that hard to find. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's nice when you don't have to worry about it coming in, um, that they're, they're going to be relatively automatic under 50 yards is a very good feeling. Yeah. 
Uh, for me, kickers, there's a saying that should be 100% retired because it's totally genderfied with sexist, but uh, little girls should be he- seen from not heard. It's terrible saying, stupid, <laughs> terrible, retire it. But for kickers, 100%. Kickers should be seen from not heard. Uh, Brandon McManus, a little bit of a uh, uh, distraction out there and probably a little bit too much going on considering how he's played the last few seasons and what he's getting paid. So definitely on the hot seat. I would not be surprised if he's gone. My issues with the team, punters obviously. the movie never... Rockstar? Yes. Rockstar? Okay. Yep. The, one of the lead songs in that is how I've taught my little girl. Stand up yeah. and shout. Yep. 100%. <laughs> Do it. Uh, but... Uh, not maybe not your kicker uh, so much, especially when you are not playing that well. Special teams this year for me though, punter definitely up there for something that needs to change. But I have much more issues with what the coverage units have been. I mean, the Broncos have been terrible at uh, fielding the football in areas where they can, you know, flip the field or flipping it themselves. I mean, how many times did we see? God, I'm already forgetting the the guy's name. Uh, the the kick returner this season. Come vacation, Washington. Range. Montreal, Washington. Just It'll be easier for me because these are like my first real impressions with the new Broncos. So they will imprint on my mind and I'll call yeah. like the next kick returner, Montreal, Washington 50 times. Yeah. I almost said Isaiah McKenzie. So that's my imprint of when I started covering, but uh, yeah, just terrible kick uh, returning, terrible coverage. units. not just the kicker and puncher. It's the whole units have been abysmal, especially this last season. Yeah. And, and Jesse was right. You know, it was, it was kids. Kids should be seen and not heard from. Yeah. So it was, there wasn't gender and I'm older than you, Nick. So, uh, that, that one goes, that, that saying does go back a ways and, uh, didn't work so well for me. You know, I, I wanted to be heard. <laughs> me neither, man. I would talk to you. Didn't listen, we had trouble. We had, you, you treated me like a little kid and didn't listen to what I had to say. We had problems. Ask some of my teachers, now, the teachers that respected you. We got along great. I needed, uh, if I'd have been born 10 years later, I'd have been medicated. I have zero doubt in my mind because um, I did all my work really well, but I had to stand at my desk. And if I was not constantly in my face, I was going to be talking to somebody around me. Uh, we have Clyde coming in saying, uh, pretty sure Vance Joseph had 32nd ranked defense in Miami. Yeah, they weren't very good. And then the Broncos brought him on. Yeah, it wasn't quite that bad. I had it in front of me. They were 18th in points and 29th in yards. So it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't it wasn't great. You know, yeah, unless they were 32nd the year before and move up to 18th in points. And you're like, okay, that's good. But otherwise, it's that has the feeling of, hey, this is a local guy. Went to Colorado to me a little bit. Yeah. I, but I wasn't around for that hire, but it seems it does seem a little strange. If if you had done that now after the big swing and gotten a, gotten a first-year defensive coordinator with the 18th-ranked defense, you probably would have said, what? You know, yeah. D'Amico Ryans was different. That defense has been really good for a while. So I think the anyway, Broncos were Patrick very Wilty, aloha. Good to see you, Patrick, uh, man, Hawaii. What a paradise. So see what are in there. Getting to, uh, we're getting pieces of what Nick is saying. Did I just um, disappear? It, it is a paradise. Uh, I've been a couple of times and uh, it, it is, if you can do it, it's actually easier for me to get to Europe now that I, but when I lived over in California, I, uh, I got over to Hawaii a few times. It was it was a pretty easy easy jump for me. Um, Nick's gonna take off real quick and reboot and come back in. So I will uh, I'm gonna handle some of the chat and say hello to some folks here real quick that have come in. Uh, Dom Haramio comes in. He says Nick and Scott Broncos country miss you boys. Thank you sir. I think Nick actually froze up while he was leaving. So we'll get rid of that right there. And now it's just all of me. The big zoom. Apologies for that, but that is a lot of billboard space that's available for rent. So glad everyone is doing okay. How'd you like the Super Bowl? And Nick, I'm glad you are home. You know, Dom, this is a good chance for me to take over and tell you exactly what I thought of the Super Bowl. I thought it was on track for just an epic game. Epic. And I felt cheated. I don't know about you, but I felt cheated. Um, you may have, and, and you guys have something against, you know, the, the AFC West, you don't want to see Kansas city. I, I don't, I don't really care. I've got no love for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, uh, you know, if it's completely neutral, I probably would have said I, I would cheer for Kansas city more. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, but I picked the Philadelphia Eagles. So I wanted the Eagles to win that said, I don't really care. I, I was enjoying great football game between two of the best teams if not the best teams in the NFL they were it was a terrific game and I felt cheated I really did 
uh, kick the field goal. What would have made it? 38-35 was at the final score. Minute 50 left. Give the ball back to Philadelphia, and let's see what happens. I'm not saying the Philadelphia Eagles were cheated out of the Super Bowl because there's no guarantee that they would have won. That's a hell of a situation for Jalen Hurts, who hasn't quite – I mean, obviously he's never been two-minute drill in a Super Bowl before down three, ever. But, man, I sure would have liked to have seen that chance. So as a fan of the game, and let's face it, 150 million people watching it in the United States, you know, 100 million people watching this in the United States, how many of those are actually fans of the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City and Kansas City Chiefs? A small percentage of them. A very small percentage of them are. So we're tuning in for the spectacle. We're turning in for the game. And as far as the game goes, I felt cheated. I, I felt like I was cheated out of what should have been an epic ending. And and really, Philadelphia fans should be pissed. But in a sense, Kansas City fans should be a little upset too because from now until eternity, anybody that was alive to watch that game is going to say, yeah, but. You know, yeah, but. Yeah, you won, but. Did you? D- did you? And And... As a competitor, I don't want that to happen, Nick. I, I, I don't want, you know, we're talking the Super Bowl and how do you feel about mm-hmm. the Super Bowl? Um, the slick field played a, I think that played a, a, hurt the defenses a little bit, but I felt cheated out of what should have been an epic ending to one of the greatest football games at that level of all time. And I was cheated out of that by a flag happy ref. Nick, I'm not sure if you're hearing me or not. You're looking uh, like I'm muted, so. <laughs> um, I hear I'm you. I'm not sure, so. Um, and now now I can't hear you. So, on that note, um, but that's how I felt about the uh, about the Super Bowl. Uh, Chase Wellner comes and he says, uh, hey guys, you like the Zach Streif hire. I don't have a whole lot of comment on that one, um, Nick. I'm not sure if you can if you can hear me yet. I don't have a whole lot of comment on the Zach Streif hire. You know, I've looked at a few of the hires so far. Um, there's nothing in there that's like wow or overwhelming or you know this is really progressive. It's just been kind of you know tied in here. Um, now the offensive coordinator is still out there. The defensive coordinator. I was a little surprised that the they haven't reached out to uh, the former co-defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, there were two of them there last year. Uh, Ryan Nielsen was hired by the Falcons. The other one, and I've already forgotten his name. I looked it up before I came on the show. He's still available. He was being interviewed for the Miami Dolphins gig as well. Uh, Degeneration X, he comes and he says, good morning, all. And Ernie Ernie Mays says, hello, Nick and Scott and go Bronto country. And that last three-minute diatribe probably made him have the shakes for uh, you know not talking uh, Broncos and... Uh, talking Chiefs instead, but it was the Super Bowl, man. Nick, what were your thoughts on that game? My thoughts were I was sitting on a beach uh, for a bit, so that was pretty darn great. And overall, I think that I don't think the fix was in, but just how many coincidences that helped the Chiefs the entire season uh, just drove me nuts. And I'm. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The NFL, if you have a super, it's the same with the and NBA with, you know, Kobe or LeBron James, if you have the superstar face, of the franchise face of the league, forget the franchise face of the league, you are going to get the calls like that. Uh, just kind of how it sets up. There's going to be just an inherent bias. Oh, they have that guy. They must've gotten it right. Um, so it's, uh, it was certainly frustrating. Um, I'm equally frustrated with the AFC championship game with the Bengals and how that played out with them. And I'm just so tired of, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but uh, you're going to have to figure out a way to beat them. It's going to be pretty tough. Andy Reid's not going to be there forever. Uh, But yeah, it's also Clyde comes in and saying, Nick, it's like the Patriots getting the calls for a long time. If you have that guy, there's just going to be this inherent bias. I don't know if it's malicious. I just think there's something in there where you're watching and it's like, okay, I'm looking for that team because they are the best team. They're going to get the calls. It's just kind of just how it's how the world works in these events. I mean, but in every 
every game, not just NFL. I'm talking in sports. You, you mentioned basketball. Man, you got to mug somebody to get a foul called uh, in the last couple seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to earn it. Not a, I've got my hand on his hip and maybe, I was just, it was just a, again, I felt cheated. That's, that's how I put it overall was I, I felt cheated out of what should have been an epic ending and it just, it ruined the whole game for me. It really did. The game was just ruined. How I remember that game from now on, that call that ruined what should have been a great game. Now it's a crap call from an official. That's how that game will be remembered for me. And like I said, that's a little unfair to Chiefs fans too. If I was a Chiefs fan, I'd be a little pissed. Uh, we compete because we want to win, mm-hmm. not have something handed to us by the freaking stripes. That's That would make me mad as a competitor. I don't want to win that way. I want to win because I was better than you that day, not for something like that. And it took, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying the Chiefs wouldn't have won anyway, but God, I would have liked to have found out. Quentin Caldwell, come in. Appreciate you, Quentin. Thank you, sir. Says, good morning, everyone. Hope you had a great vacay. I did. I did. That's the first time I've taken a week off since 2016. So it it was great. I'm going to have to do that more often, Nick. <laughs> Tell the wife to sell some more houses. Yeah, there you go. We'll have to, you guys keep donating since Senna Scott and I away. Um, we appreciate that coming in there. Um, hope you're doing well. Good to be back. We also got Ope Nation coming in saying good morning, game, Broncos country. Let's ride. Good to see you. Always appreciate you coming in. And I think you saw, you grabbed this one. Uh-oh. Can I pull it up here? There we go. Yeah. Chase Wilner saying, how did you like the Zach Streif hire? Um, I like the Zach Streif hire. Uh, one of the indications of a hire being pretty good, in my opinion, is that when you see opposing fan bases and uh, their writers up in arms about a move losing somebody, that means something uh, to me. Now, obviously, it's a down the line, and the further you get from the head coach, the harder it is to tell what a guy's going to be. But I remember Zach Streif being a swing tackle guard uh, for the Saints for a number of years, and he was a solid player out there, I think, from Indiana University, and uh, seems like he's a really great up-and-coming coach, and just the thing that makes me confident about it is hearing Sean Payton talk about him as well. It sounds like this was a guy that he identified early as somebody that he wanted in there. I mean, I I would even argue that uh, if you ask Sean Payton who's the most important coach he's going to hire this offseason, he might say it's Zach Streif instead of the defensive coordinator, which is Somewhat shocking. I mean, it goes to show how important the offensive line coach is, but uh, we'll wait and see what the proof is in the pudding, kind of like with the Buckham phrase. I'm not going to use that until we're winning games after last year's Let's Ride fiasco. Uh, but Zach Streif, on the surface, it seems like you should have some good feelings and good vibes about the hire. Um, I Thank you, Nick. There was um, there was a question here. I think it was uh, Zebulon right here that I wanted to hit. It says, Broncos hired Arch Manning's OC from high school as a, as a quality control coach. That's a perfect job entry-level position for a high school coach coming up uh, that wants to work his way. And that's a perfect job. Um, but he says another Manning in Denver. Yeah. Don't work like that, man. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm hiring the coach for the recruiting purposes. Um, you know, it just, and we'll see if Arch Manning ends up becoming that guy. I haven't followed recruiting as closely to see who has been that guy. I know Bryce young, I guess I have, cause Bryce young was, um, when I was when we were doing SI, we launched SIL American. He was our first number one overall player. Okay, that worked out pretty good. The next year it was CJ Stroud. The two years I was there that we did that. So it's been pretty good. But you know, Trevor Lawrence was that guy. He was the last guy I remember that really had the hype all the way through. Um, you know, my the guy that was I was working with for Georgia. I said, Who who can I get? We need to do this campaign for Gatorade. They want to know who the next big thing is. He said, Trevor Lawrence. He was a freshman in high school and he's done all of those things. Arch Manning's got that level of hype. Now he has to prove it. And if he does, you're not going to be in any position to get him. He's going to be a number one overall pick. You don't want to be in that position. And even if you trade him to get him, this guy has nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Just with how the draft is set up and whatnot, it does. It'd be cool to see. I'm guessing, if anything, maybe the Broncos got a tidbit of information from Peyton saying this guy is a bright mind, uh, up and coming person he'd be worth bringing in as an assistant versus the con- the connection to Arch Manning isn't about bringing Arch Manning in. It's the connection to the Manning family and then therefore the Walton Penner group or anybody making decisions here uh, in Denver. So we'll see what happens with Arch Manning here. There's other good quarterbacks in this upcoming crop too. I think USC brought in some people's number one quarterback. I know Tennessee brought in somebody who's a really interesting quarterback as well. So, uh, well, the big, know. the $50 million, you know, Deshaun Watson's contract will get more kids into football. You know, where a lot of the, you, y'all have heard me say it a zillion times, 
that MLB is hurting the quarterback position more than anything because anybody that's 6'3 with a 90-plus mile-an-hour arm is playing baseball. They are yeah. playing baseball. There's exceptions, of course. I know. Yeah. But if you go look at the NF the MLB draft, go look at the first two rounds, you're going to see six foot one or better. You're going to see LHP, RHP, left-handed pitcher, right-handed pitcher for half of those guys uh, that are 30. And you do 30 a year of those guys and put them into football, quarterback's different. The quarterback position is very different. But now it's like, wait a minute, 250 million guaranteed? Hmm, maybe I'll play more football. Um, Keith Prugman says, Michael Jordan pushed off. I'll go to my grave on that one. He did. Uh, but it was subtle. It was underneath, kind of behind him. Ugh, as I'm hitting my, I'm pushing off on my microphone. Uh, and you don't call that. You don't, you don't, you don't call that that at the end. It doesn't get called. He's probably pushed off a zillion times. And again, you see guys drive. They don't get the fouls called nearly as often. It's got to be a mugging to send a guy to the line to win it because the refs don't want to make that call. We don't want them to make that call. Yeah. This guy did. It's kind of like uh, you see some defenses get away with a lot of holding and rough uh, play styles. It's like, well, they can't call it on every play. So uh, let's get you know physical early. Let's find where that line is. Maybe dial it back a little bit. But uh, they will not call it in the clutch moments. And uh, that was the case. I'll go back to you know, 2012 when the Broncos lost to the Ravens in the playoffs. They were mugging the Broncos. And that game was called differently than any game all season. But uh, sometimes in the playoffs, they uh, they change the intensity and what's allowed to get uh, what you're allowed to get away with. Uh, Jared Kidder coming in saying rigged. I don't know if it was rigged, but it certainly was tainted. Um, we'll give that one. Aki with a funny comment here saying Broncos need to get some good actors. They can join the theater in the big stage next season. Hey, they better sign up. Uh, Russell Wilson maybe needs to. He's been method acting the quarterback spot a little bit, so maybe he can uh, teach some classes for some other people in there. Um, our Austin Ryder saying good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good to see you, Austin. Hope you're doing well. Our guy Kevin, uh, Savage Boy Kev, O2, over on Twitch, saying what would be good and bad if the Broncos were to hire Vance Joseph. So I will admit I did not watch too much Arizona Cardinals uh, football the, the past couple seasons. Uh, they play the same time zone, time, time zone, time slot as the Broncos, so a lot of times I'm picking the Broncos over that. Uh, so uh, they've been primarily a cover two defense out there. They've been horrible in the defensive line and dreadful at uh, cornerback, specifically boundary cornerback. I think Byron Murphy, uh, there's been a cornerback out there for them who's like five nine. He's a good slot guy, but just they don't really have the the bodies out there on the perimeter. And the defensive line has been absolutely dreadful. I mean, we can pull up the depth chart here and go through some of the names of the defense tackles and edge rushers on that Cardinals team. You'd be like, who are you serious? Those guys? Uh, but I think he'd be. I think he'd be okay as the defensive coordinator in Denver. I think he did a pretty good job out there. He's not, I don't think, as good of a defensive coordinator or a defensive mind as the guy you lost in Azure Evero and also Vic Fangio, but I think he'd be he'd be fine uh, in the role. Fine. Fine's yeah. a four-letter F word to me. Yeah. Um, talking about the Cardinals, I watched them a few times. Obviously, I watched them when they played the Broncos. I watched them when they played the Falcons. And when Nick kind of brought it to my attention that they were cutting guys so they wouldn't have to send a six-round draft pick or something. These guys were in full tank mode. I mean, mm -hmm. full tank mode. That's why I, I roll my eyes at the hypocrisy of, well, he was trying to encourage his coach to tank. Duh. Uh, like, we don't see this away. You encourage – you incentivize people to lose, and then you're surprising when they do – you're surprised when they do? Wow. My, I'll clutch my pearls again on this one, Nick. Um, they that, they were the worst team in football, and they tried to be uh, at the last six weeks of the season. So it's hard for me to get a read on this. And, and you know, the numbers there were pretty good. And that's all I'm going off of, really, is that the turnaround from year one to two was good, and the three was good, four was getting Cl Cliff Kingsbury fired. Um, yeah. And that happens. And there's so much drama with Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray – Cliff Kingsbury and that Arizona team that if it was a bigger market, if that was the Cowboys, that's all we would have heard about for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, it's an NFL team. So it's still a decent sized national news story, but it's Arizona Cardinals. They, nobody pays attention to the Arizona Cardinals outside of, you know, what is NFL? Um, they just, they don't matter. And I don't, I don't mean that meanly. Like, like I say that growing up as an Atlanta sports fan, I'm familiar with having birds that don't matter as your team. It's just, nobody really cares. So Joseph did a decent job there. Um, 
And I don't think if we were to come back as defensive coordinator, I don't think there'd be any hard feelings. It's a totally different staff and it is a job. I've said that to y'all before, Nick, you've heard me say it before. You're going to outweigh these guys as far as I don't like that player. Well, he's going to be gone anyway. This is a job. It's a, these coaches are their jobs for them. They don't love the team the way you do. A lot of them have been chosen. They didn't have a choice where to play. And it's, it's a job. It's a business for them. So yeah. come back. I'm going to do my damnedest for you if I'm your defensive coordinator. No hard feelings. Yeah, and just getting back, circling back around to uh, that Arizona Cardinals defensive lineup here. I mean, it was, I knew it was bad out there for them on the uh, the defensive front, but I didn't know it was this bad. <laughs> um, Zach Allen, third round pick, been in a kind of an interior ex, uh, inside outside pass rusher for them. Not very good, former third round pick, but he's fine. He'll get an okay contract, but he might be their best player up front. Zach Allen. No, Boston we know who their best player was. He's retiring this year. Yeah, he missed a lot of games, though. Uh, I don't know if he I don't even know if he played a qualifying amount of snaps um, out there. But uh, Zach Allen was one. They have Lecky Fotu, defensive tackle, uh, Rashard Lawrence, defensive tackle. Raise your hand if you've heard those names. I remember them from the draft, uh, but uh, they have not been great out there. And then their pass rushers, their edge rushers. Myjay Sanders, you kind of remember him from Cincinnati mm-hmm. out year, rookie, but he really did rookie second round pick, probably third round pick third did not round? do much okay. of anything this year. And then Marcus Golden, who ideally would probably be your third pass rusher uh, rather than your number one uh, edge rusher out there. So they were horrible at that position. And then at cornerback, I like Byron Murphy. He's fine. Uh, but Marco Wilson on the other side, Jace Whitaker. I mean, this is a, this is an absolutely dreadful uh, Arizona defense and <laughs> probably because they've spent almost all of their value um, draft expenditure picks in ter- and linebacker <laughs> Saban Collins and Isaiah Simmons um, hasn't really done too much for them and in investing those premium picks at the uh, off ball spot. And Deanna Henry coming in, speaking of premium picks, one of our premium picks she says, good morning, Nick and Scott, or actually Scott and Nick. I always say his name first. Uh, what's going on with the DC spot. Who do you guys want for DC Broncos for breakfast? Um, who do I want for me? Rex Ryan would be entertaining. Uh, it, it makes it easy to get sound bites and cut up video and do articles and all that kind of stuff. He'd be a media person's dream. Who do I want for you as a fan where you don't necessarily care about all that stuff? You just want to have a good defense. Rex Ryan's historically had really good defenses. And Nick, you, you talked about how the game has changed some. Well, it's also swinging back a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, with, uh, you know, more power football because, again, I, I, I've got 20 years on you give you another 20 years and you'll see this thing cycle through two more times goes big. It goes small. It goes, you know, the, the thing that never goes out of style is big and fast. Um, but it, it is, there was more running plays this year than ever, you know, so how do I load up and stop the run? And then the passing game will come back, you know, in full flurry. So, um, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Deanna who's going to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, I'd like to see it get done first so we can start talking about it. Um, Rex Ryan would certainly be interesting. Vance Joseph did a pretty good job in Arizona, given the circumstances. And then we'll see who else they're looking at. Yeah, for me, I would like Sean Desai, uh, I think, the most. uh, But that's because I'm a big believer in the Vic Fangio scheme. Um, We can get into the nitty-gritty when we bring those guys in, uh, what you would be looking for, what the types of the key tenants and the bodies that you're looking for in that. But I like Sean Desai a lot. And uh, Mike Zimmer would also interest me a good bit, too. He's kind of seems like a, a shadow candidate for the Broncos right now. Michael Ronquillo bringing him up, Mike Zimmer still in play. So uh, that'd also be an interesting name. And talk about uh, no bull uh, in that room. He would uh, would lean away from the, I think, the love that you'd seen a little bit from some of the uh, some of the players. Now, the Vikings defensive players liked Mike Zimmer, but it was more of a respect than an uh, adoration. You know, Michael says uh, Mike Zimmer's still in play, uh, which Nick has already read. I just wanted to repeat because when we talked about that, there were people that were like, well, didn't he just sign with the Colorado Buffaloes? And I wasn't on at the time. I was in the background and pulling my hair out, what's left of it. I was like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He could quit tomorrow and take a job with the the number Broncos. The contracts just might mean, okay, I have to pay a $100,000 buyout, maybe. Um, if he wanted to get out of that contract, there might be a buyout. For him, no big deal. Uh, contracts, especially at this level, are just, they're just money. There's mm-hmm. there's no like non-compete or anything like that, When especially when you're going from one level to the next level. 
um, you know, either up or down. I mean, Bobby Petrino quit in the middle of the freaking year with the Atlanta Falcons and was announced as a coach the next day for the Arkansas Razorbacks. It doesn't matter. So if they want Mike Zimmer, they can get Mike Zimmer. If Mike, if it's a mute, if it's mutual, if that's what they yeah. want to do, his job with the Colorado Buffaloes does not matter. Yeah, I mean, we saw it also just to bring it back to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, the the Texas Tech Red Raiders fired Cliff Kingsbury, and then he was hired as the offensive coordinator for the USC, and then a week later was hired as the head coach uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, Failing up, that's matter. still one of the craziest pathways um, to a head coach spot, but I digress. Uh, so if you were hired as a whatever in college football, an NFL team can pluck you and right, uh, vice versa as well. Um, you don't see those moves happening as much in the same league, but from college to NFL, NFL to college, that that's going to happen. So uh, I'm, I'm not too worried about that. If the Broncos want them, they can get them. Richard Miles, sorry I'm late. Good morning, guys. It's all good to have you. We appreciate you. We also got K-Hop coming in saying, I heard uh, Broncos defensive back coach Christian Parker was on the list as well. Would he be bad? You've heard me talk about him on here multiple times. Uh, he's apparently considered one of the best up-and-coming minds in football. If they went with him, that would be, I think, a little bit shocking considering he'd be green, but he's had tutelage underneath uh, Vic Fangio now and Ejiro uh, Evero, both you know defensive back, defensive-minded uh, coordinators. Vic Fangio, more linebacker, but I digress. Also coached underneath, uh, oh gosh, who is the defensive coordinator that failed out last year at the Vikings that was underneath Donatel Ed Donatel as well. So he's had a uh, former Denver Broncos defensive yes, coordinator, but it's not Donatel. a bad person to have coached under. And uh, I think about what go ahead. I didn't even know he was in Minnesota until the playoffs when he was trending on my timeline because everybody's like, okay, if he's not fired tomorrow, I'm I, I quit. Um, the Vikings fans turned on him quickly. Yeah, that's another team that I just don't know if they had the horses, especially on the defensive line. But uh, Christian Parker, I mean, going from a positional coach to a coordinator and calling plays is totally different. And you'd just be speculating because you don't know what it's going to look like until you do. But as far as what he's done with the Broncos defensive backs, I mean, how good has got the likes of like, you know, uh, Names this game. Caden Stearns, when he's been thrust into the spotlight out there, looked really good. Damari Mathis probably shouldn't have played this season. Looked exceptional. Kawan Williams coming in there. Exceptional. Patrick Sertan, I mean, coming in there and 20 years old last year, looking this good. I mean, Ronald Darby playing that well this season for also how the schemes changed uh, in the back end for the Broncos, going from more of a match quarter quarter defense to a cover three, cover one, cover six-esque uh, defense out there. A lot of the some of the same tenants um, as far as the disguising the safeties pre-snap with two deep and then one jetting down or both dropping back, depending on what the coverage is. But uh, he's been really good, really good as a defensive backs coach. Again, really highly thought of. There was a couple athletic episodes this season uh, where they talked about, you know, Christian Parker being considered one of the best up and coming minds in football. So uh, if he was hired, I think you should be excited about it, but also maybe a little bit nervous just because you don't know until you know. Jeremy Sean, one of our favorites, always here to support us. Says, welcome back, boys. Hope your vacations got you recharged. Me, for sure, I went east and then came back west. So I adjusted to an earlier time. So, you know, getting up is no problem. Going east to west is really easy. Nick is finding out that going west to east sucks. So yeah. <laughs> it's so much harder to go west to east when you get used to a later time zone and sleeping in and then having to get up three hours earlier. So... I'm probably a little bit more charged up than than Nick is right now, um, but I, I I have full faith in Nick. Nick's one of the Nick went on one of those trips where I need a vacation now. I actually took a vacation, which was which was nice. But but Jeremy says Vance Joseph has to be floated as a candidate to soften fans on Rex Ryan. That's my theory. Only way it makes sense. I think that's actually kind of funny. We're gonna throw out Vance Joseph out there so we'd get no backlash when it's Rex Ryan because everybody will say, Whew, thank God it wasn't Vance Joseph. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Um I I'd like to see a little personally, I wouldn't mind seeing a little diversity in age on the staff a little bit too. You know, yeah. you know, you went from all young guys to you know, all old guys. Let's let's diversify just a little bit. Yeah, new ideas, new fresh, maybe bring in a couple people from the college game because I do think that uh, it's a trickle up um, in terms of innovation in the football side of things. But uh, we got Mark Schrader coming in saying, welcome back, guys. 
Welcome back. Thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well out there in Texas. And uh, hopefully spring is right around the corner for you. Hope you're doing well um, from your uh, medical stuff. I know it's been a bit, um, but uh, we haven't talked in a bit and I haven't asked in a bit. So hope you're doing well. I know that can be a, a road to recovery. <laughs> we got Kali coming in. Brian Ferentz is the offensive coordinator. God, Scott, I don't want to go down an Iowa Hawkeye Kyle's path. Trolling you. I know Kyle, he is. Kyle's oh. trolling you. Of course. Um, <laughs> did you see the... Uh, the contract that they gave him, the incentivized contract for Iowa. No, I read a joke one from I don't know if y'all follow David Burge. He's Iowa Hawk on he's got about two hundred fifty thousand followers. He's a libertarian Iowa guy, does a lot of car stuff. Um, but he said something about like fifty thousand dollars for a touchdown, and then you know this this. So I don't know what it actually was, but what was it as far as incentivizing goes? And the only way you can do that is if nobody else wants him. Yeah, it's bad. Um, he would not be. It's nepotism to the highest degree. Uh, the Bronc, the Iowa has to average 25 points a game. Um, and then he gets this massive uh, bump as well. But that in, also includes defensive and special teams touchdowns, which the Bronc or the Iowa Hawkeyes have been one of the top three defenses in football at that. I mean, why they wouldn't just have it be offensive points really seems like as soon as it came out, I was like, what about, wait a second, the defense, the special teams scores half the points. Does that count? <laughs> so, um, yeah, just laughable stuff out there in Iowa, unfortunately. But uh, hopefully not. We're la hopefully not laughing in Denver very much longer. Uh, as far as the defensive coordinator goes, Rex Ryan would be interesting out there for me. With Rex, one of the things when I first started on the surface, I was skeptical. You'd mentioned it. You know, we already have the circus in here a little bit uh, this past season. Uh, I don't know if we need that much more of a uh, attention. You know, big personalities in there, especially with everything going on, could create some issues there in the locker room. But then I heard Rex Ryan, and it was a inflammatory comment, but it was on, I think it was whatever ESPN's early morning show is out there for football. And it was back in September, uh, before even we were screaming about it. It was the end of September after the 49ers game, uh, I think the day after. And Rex Ryan was saying, I don't know what they're doing out there with the play calling. The scheme is terrible. This isn't Russell Wilson's style of football. You need to run the football, be under center, and do deep shots off play action. That was after week three. Um, and if Rex Ryan can see that, then – that's something we've been screaming on here as well. And this is the first time I saw this clip. Uh, so that's something we've been saying on here for a good bit as well. At least I think you have that in there in the backing as well. It does make it seem like it's another hire though. And somebody in the building that is maybe not as pro Russell Wilson. And I'm curious what that environment looks like uh, and how that culture is in there this season. Uh, if they start well, to be a little bit of issues. We've talked about it a zillion times. We've been away a week. So I'll feel like, you know, that every, maybe everybody's forgotten. This isn't a one-year deal. You know, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a one-year deal. And you can hit the nuke button after 2023 and start over, including Russell Wilson. So mm -hmm. part of the discussions, part of the negotiations, now I don't know this for a fact, but I'm not wrong. What are you going to do with Russell Wilson if he bombs out? What can we do? What are you willing to do? And this is Sean Payton asking the ownership. What are you willing to do? So coach, we can, we can get out of this thing after the 2023 season, if we need to, and start over. That's, yeah. that's what it means. And like I said, I, I think coaches, especially this one is arrogant enough to think that he can get the best out of Russell Wilson. And if you do, you're a playoff team, assuming everything else even stays close to where you were last year. If you can get Russell Wilson to be a mediocre quarterback instead of a bottom 20% quarterback, you're a playoff team. Yeah. And then you can build other things around you get your play. You get your picks back. Um, there's going to be more flexibility with the salary cap. I know Russell Wilson takes a big jump, but so might the salary cap. It went up 20 million this year, Nick. Yeah. Might go up even more next season with the uh, Amazon streaming money coming in here. So we'll see what happens. Darius Simmons, 199 over on YouTube saying, welcome back guys. Missed y'all. Appreciate all the comments coming in. Uh, also, while we were gone, Scott, I'm sure you had them too, saying, man, uh, missing BFB uh, in the morning. Nobody said that to me, but, you know. Oh, well. <laughs> we, I missed you, Scott. Hopefully, I'm glad you're recharged, and I'll be uh, getting there. The coffee's starting to course through my veins. Yesterday was rough. I went into work after landing, and, uh, yeah, I know. And Because I already missed five days, and I like to keep my vacation days for uh, the summertime um, so that way I can go out there and – gallivant in the wilderness out here in the uh, pacific northwest but uh yeah no so it, yesterday was rough and uh, today's getting a little better and you guys are making it better including darius simmons coming in and supporting us so any other news that you guys want to talk about um before my hopefully my internet uh will keep on chugging along here it seems like it's been a little better here 
uh, recently. Give that hamster a little extra boost, you know, that, know. Ham, that hamster wheel internet you got going on there. I don't know. It's Maybe it's because you hadn't used it as much lately. Um. Oh, so there was a question in here about, um, I know there's been a little bit of back and forth on Broncos Twitter, but there's been some rumors out there that the Broncos might be shopping a potential big name player on the Broncos, uh, given the, how limited the team is in terms of draft capital, potentially create some cap flexibility as well. Uh, in my opinion, the name that stands out to me is Garrett Bowles. I don't think I don't think it's Jerry Judy. I don't think it's Patrick Sertan. Now, everybody's available for the right price, but that doesn't mean they're full on shopping him or either of those guys. But I think it's Garrett Bowles uh, is the guy that you could be talking about there. You might be able to get a second round pick or potentially like a third and a fourth for him. Create up, create a ten million in salary cap space. You can then go out there and maybe go cheap for left tackle for a year get out from that contract, move on and rebuild that offensive line. Definitely tough to, sh- to shake up the offensive line as much as if you're moving on from goal- Garrett Bowles. Uh, but this is Sean Payton's team now. And uh, if he's interested in moving on from him and going cheaper there for a year with a guy that he's handpicked or Zach Streif has handpicked, then so be it. I think, you know, <clears throat> I agree with how Eric was talking about it last night too. Um, says, okay, so you save $9 million on the, on the cap that you get back. Cause it's a 17, we'll just call it 10 just for round numbers. So you've got 18 on the cap with an $8 million dead cap hit. You save $10 million. Okay. Well, you got to replace him. So five to six to there to get a replacement who is he going to be better? Not at that price. He's probably not going to be, but you don't know where he's going to be, which is going to, if, if he's fully healthy, then you should be able to get a pretty good pick for him. So $5 million in savings, maybe not quite as good as a left tackle and a second round pick. Is that worth it? Maybe. Maybe. It's it's hard to say. Uh, it really depends on what the Broncos' current coaching staff thinks of Bulls, what the market looks like for him, and where they're trying to go at that position. Uh, so and there's no uh, – not surprising out there. You know, Garrett Bulls has a learning disability, and there could be some of the coaching staff coming in here that apparently – preferred uh, Ryan Ramchek out there when they took him to the Saints instead of Garrett Bowles. So maybe they're not as big of a fan of the, obviously they were scouting tackles uh, the year that they, uh, the Bulls came out because they ended up taking Ryan Ramchek instead. So we'll see. Uh, I think it's probably more of a, a long-term move than an immediate move. Also, when you're talking about saving that salary cap moving forward and resetting the position somewhat. Uh, so we'll see. The Broncos are going to have a lot of turnover this season, um, but if they're moving on from Garrett Bowles, I think it's much more about, long-term perspective of the tackle position than it is what the offensive line looks like and what the left tackle spot looks like in 2023. I probably wouldn't be making that move unless I could get a top 50 pick uh, this upcoming season, but who knows? This is a second rounder. You know, you get a second rounder and 5 million in cap savings. Is that worth it? You think about it. Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's definitely worth thinking about. There's some talk in here about Sutton. Sutton's contract makes him cost prohibitive to move this year. Um, it still has a, a bigger dead cap than cap hit. So there's got to be some finagling going on and you can eat dead cap hit for two years, which you don't necessarily want to do if you can avoid it. Um, Jerry Judy obviously would probably be other than Pat Sertan, your most valuable trade piece. Um, Justin Simmons could fetch you a, a decent sum and save you some money too. Um, but you know, do you want to trade your, your pro bowl safety? So when you start talking about big names, you know, one of the questions is how many, how many are there? And what would you consider a big name? Garrett Bowles, Russell Wilson, Sutton, is he considered a big name? I don't think he's considered a big name outside of Broncos country right now. Judy mm-hmm. probably counts. Then who? Um, Sir, Sir Dan. You know, Draymond, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, what, what's considered a big name? Goodness gracious, coming in. I know who's a big name around here. I was actually going to check in on uh, Ethan because I know he's been super busy lately after this show, but he's coming in, checking in right now. He says, welcome back, gents, from Hawaii in the Dominican. Two of my favorite spots. Yeah, it's, they're tough to beat. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, if, they, if there is a trade, it has to be Simmons or Judy. Bowles coming off injury and his contract won't uh, fetch much and creates another hole. Yeah, I, and I agree. You know, you're you're because you're not – you're going to have to work on right tackle center and left guard anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're creating a hole where you don't necessarily want one and 18 million you can, and you can restructure that and create some more space for sure. Put an extension on him, pay off his, you know, his guarantee and put, 
you can create some more space. He's, I think he's got three or four more years left in him at a decent clip that you're not worried about kicking the can too far down the road. That as far as a return goes to make it worth it, unless you just don't want Garrett Bowles, you know, which we don't know. And that's what you're saying, Nick. Yeah. That's the kicker um, on this. What does, what does this staff view the value and role of Garrett Bowles on this team? If they don't value him and they think that they can sign somebody on a one year deal in free agency and get equal return, then they might prefer to move off that uh, salary cap hit uh, the player and get that draft pick return and then get a player where you can reset the contract uh, with a rookie contract out there for the next four seasons. So really, I mean, I think Garrett Bowles is a fine left tackle. I think he was not very good this last year uh, before going down, but, uh, and I've been a Garrett Bowles defender, I guess for a while when Mm -hmm. people were really rough on him, like he's not that bad. He's probably league average. And now it's okay. Well, he's getting paid, you know, pretty high money. uh, including the I think at one point he was the highest cap hit offensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah. You know, and and that's part of the problem as far as he's Okay. But we're not getting value there. No. Uh, Ethan, the DWI guys coming in hot pink, always brings value. And uh, glad you're doing well. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you so yeah. much for the support for the show, my friend. Um, but you're Appreciate not getting that. value. And that's what that's where fans you know, th- that are in tune to this saying, okay, he's okay. But he's looking at his contracts. You know, I, going through that with, you know, that was the Matt Ryan phase in Atlanta for a long time. Matt Ryan was a good quarterback but he was a top five cap hit in the NFL. He wasn't a top five impact player in the NFL. And that doesn't jive with people. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. That's uh, so we'll see what happens uh, with uh, Garrett Bowles this season. Uh, I think that a lot of it too, is going back to the original source of the rumor. Uh, Mario out there doing some works, you know, talks to a lot of players, son of the former Broncos, Denver Broncos official team, like chiropractor, but uh, he had tweets out there that I think people are missing. Uh, some of the point here is that he pretty much danced around the the rumor that the Broncos, or I guess not not a rumor, but danced around that the Broncos approached Garrett Bowles with a contract restructure, and uh, Garrett Bowles said no, uh, rebuffed it, and then this has transpired into, okay, well then, since you said no to that, we might trade you. I don't know. Yeah. It could be the Broncos pushing on him a bit uh, to, to force some leverage on him. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, as far as other big name players that could make some sense here for the Broncos to trade, maybe a Draymond Jones tag and trade. Uh, the way it sets up for him, he's been a really good player this season. The way the tag would work in this situation is that he's not going to see the tag money. It would be just a the rights of him for a season, followed by a new contract immediately afterwards. If there's a team out there that's really looking for a versatile uh, inside-outside three-tech that can get after the pass rusher, um, I'd be happy to send a third round pick for him and to pay him. If I was uh, felt like I was a interior pass rusher away, uh, especially because there's no guarantee you can sign him on the open market or the Broncos could keep him uh, in that regard. So uh, I would be very interested if from the Broncos perspective uh, to do that, especially because there's no guarantee you're going to get a comp pick for him in 2024. If you let him walk. Yeah. Cause you, cause you, you might trade, you might sign your own free agent, which cancels that out. And yep. I, I know He's he, maybe I'm too close to it, you know, watching us all that. He's just not a $20 million lineman for me. No, he's just not. Um, but again, okay, if he's 15, you know, if if his contract's 15 and I pay the extra five to have his rights and maybe trade him away, and someone goes, you know, three years, $50 million with 40 guaranteed for him, and that's what they want to do, and he wants to sign. Okay, uh, I just think it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it's not that risky. I just think it's. I don't want to pay him 19, uh, you know, for, on, on a one-year deal. I'd rather use that money in other places. And that's going to eat up a lot of my ability to address the offensive line, which is desperately needed. You know, $19 million can get you two guards in a center. Good yeah. ones. I do think the tag in that situation, though, is going to be more of a keeping the rights of him for a little bit. He won't see that cap hit. But the risk is... He, that he does, you know, when you're tagging him, the risk is, is that you can't unload him. I don't, it's, it's risky. It's, it's going to be a good poker match. We've talked about this a zillion times, as far as y- y'all have heard me say the the negotiations for the players, uh, for the coaches, this whole thing is a poker game. Um, you know, who's after whom, and I have to make this trade and I want to keep his value down. So I have to make sure I'm talking to that guy. There's going to be a little, a lot of that that goes on with Draymond Jones and trying to do what's best for the team. 
if and not necessarily for what's best for Draymond. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. Draymond has to do what's best for Draymond. The team has to do what's best for the team. Hopefully those things come together, but they there's no guarantee that they will because they might have very different valuations on each other. It's like, no, you tag me, I'm going to sit out. Or you tag me and I'm going to play on a tag. And now you got $20 million into a guy who's solid. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a 20. I just don't think he's a top five defensive lineman. And that's what you'd be paying him. Yeah, no, he's more in the 10 to 15 range, uh, in my opinion. But Again, we'll see how it plays out. And if the Broncos can get a bidder for him, somebody wants to send them, you know, multiple fourth round picks or a four this year and a three next season with Denver sending back a five in 2024, then I think there could be a market out there uh, to work that around. And it's almost too bad the Broncos didn't trade him at the trade deadline because now you're, you're risking losing him for absolutely nothing because there is no guarantee that you're going to get that 2024 comp pick. And the fact that it's a comp pick uh, also means it's not going to be earlier than what the 90 seventh pick whatever it is 32 times three uh, and probably probably less than that still uh but uh, guys we do have to start uh, wrapping up here i gotta get moving today um guess what i gotta do today scott dentist uh fun time is gonna pass out on the dentist uh, chair so gonna be a good time luckily my internet now seems to be working up about halfway through the show even though i rebooted my computer about 10 times this morning and said hey you have a software update i asked you that this morning computer why didn't you let me do that when i typed in any updates but uh I digress. Go, I'm going to trigger you on this one. Okay, I'm ready to be triggered. No, this phase of the game is so near and dear to your heart. There's a lot of talk in here about Montreal, Washington. Okay. And your thoughts on is he part of the team? Was he a good pick, et cetera, et cetera? Nick, was Montreal, Washington a good pick? Is he a part of this team in 2023? He's already in the roster. He got three years of control with him. Uh, he was not a hand picked player of this upcoming coaching staff. And apparently, you know, Mont, uh, excuse me. Uh, Dwayne Stukes was a big advocate for bringing him in here. So he's going to have a chance, I think, to compete for this. A fresh slate, in my opinion. Everybody, you know, every single person going to have to come in and compete. I don't care what you did before. Uh, from the quarterback all the way down to the kick returner, come in and compete and show us what you got. But uh, I think there's a, there's just as good a chance that he's not on this team next year as he is starting as the kick returner again. He's They're going to have to bring in competition. And uh, if he wins the job, good for him. If not, sayonara and was it a good pick right now no uh it wasn't if you're taking a fifth round player that could have been a you know a really good special teams gunner or something like that or somebody who could have developed into an interior offensive line that could have given you some more depth later on or a tackle or anything wide receiver uh that uh, would have been better or running back god you know how bad it could have been isaiah pacheco then we're totally talking about a different running back room here for the broncos that have been a good spot to take one last year so right now it doesn't look like a good pick he was bad last season uh, but I would be fine giving him a chance this year. He's already on the roster, three years of cost control left. Go earn it. If not, thanks for your time. Uh, good luck with the rest of your career. The the Twitter answer for that for Nick, let me sum up for you, was he's got to be better than he was last year. He wasn't good enough last year. Um, whether it was talent, potential, or whatnot, even he was surprised when he was drafted. He probably would have been there as a, an undrafted free agent, and he used a fifth on him. That right now looks like a wasted pick. Can you salvage something? We will see, but he did not have a good 2022, especially for a guy that was drafted. You had one job, especially for a guy who had one job and that was returning kicks. Um, It didn't, didn't quite work out, but it doesn't mean it's over. But right now that looks like a bad pick. (sighs) Yeah, it does. And can a fifth round pick be a bust? If you're drafting somebody just to be a specialist? Yes, they can. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate you. We appreciate everybody coming in. I'm um, glad to see my inter- internet machine is starting to, it seems like uh, working pretty well here. It's once Scott and I flip spots. I guess we needed to, uh, you know, switch our positions a bit here, uh, shake things up. But uh, good to be back. Uh, had a lot of fun today talking about Vance Joseph, Rex Ryan, and uh, whatever news coming next for the Broncos. I haven't heard very much about the offensive coordinator spot. And, uh, unfortunate about the chiefs and how that uh, game played out. But in the past now, well, we're all on to the 2023 season now where things are looking up in Broncos country, hopefully, and uh, going to be a lot more, I don't, no guarantees, uh, but hopefully a lot better football in uh, the mile high city this upcoming season. I, I would guarantee that the football will be better. Even if the record's not the football will be, there were some games out there. What was it? That jets game. That was, mm-hmm. Was that the, that, the was Colts? That, the I think the Colts game. that was like the worst football game I've ever seen. The, the Colts game, uh, <laughs> the Matt, the Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. That was 
that one took years off my life. That was, there was a question last night that, that, that I answered the Colts game. So what was the worst offensive line performance you saw last year? And thank you, Michael. Appreciate you as always. Uh, and I said the Colts. That, that was the worst offensive line performance I saw from the Broncos. I'm like, it was just, it's, nobody was blocking anybody. On, on, and, it, and frankly, it was on both sides of the ball. You know, that was when Matt Ryan was getting sacked 10 times a game. And it was just like, okay, it's third and six. Sack. Third and six. Quarterback hit. All game. It was pathetic. Yeah. God, that one. <sighs> There's a lot of bad football last year. Side um, jar. Hopefully, going to be better. Yep, side jar. At least it wasn't the 100% jar. Um, but uh, guys, we're going to have to wrap it on up. Got to get on out of here. You guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Um, the numbers picked up as the show went on. Oh, Nick and Scott are back. Nick and Scott are back. And uh, going to be here for a good bit going forward. I don't have anything scheduled until the end of May uh, now. So uh, it'll be after long after draft season. Uh, before you guys are missing me again, as long as the uh, the world continues to spin. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says there underneath, please subscribe, like, and share uh, over on YouTube. You guys are great. Uh, really fun being back. Sorry, my internet was a little bit uh, touch and go there early on, Scott. Uh, but thank you for holding down the fort and uh, <laughs> Andre F saying, don't leave us again, guys. I don't know. I think Scott and I enjoyed our vacations a little bit too much uh, to uh, work as much as we did there during we'll the we'll uh, do some stuff on location, though, maybe um, this is we're coming up on two years, like almost that, that Nick and I have been doing the show together. It's yep. it was I think we started in March. It was March um because we because then we went to like three days a week or something in in april right before the draft so we started mid-march i think so we're coming up on on two years that we've been with y'all and uh love it keep doing it yeah you guys are great uh good to be back hopefully scott and i can keep these tans on for a little bit uh (laughs) but uh you guys continue to choose kindness and compassion again thanks for joining us again today we'll see you again next monday morning uh but until then choose kindness and compassion go broncos Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.